Hey everyone, welcome back to Talking Smack. I almost forgot our name. <laughs> uh, this is episode two. With me this week is the red bearded wonder, Scotty. Not for long. I'm gonna probably shave eventually. Yeah, you still you usually keep the beard. Usually, nah, I get lazy. Strap. <laughs> all right well for now the red bearded wonder scotty we're going to talk uh some recent news and nerd culture and we're also going to talk about destiny 2 as our main theme uh, but we've got a couple of big topics here first off we've got it stephen king's it the it's not exactly a remake because it was originally a two-part miniseries on tv i don't think it's ever actually had a theatrical release no it was just the movie series yeah or tv series TV series, actually, series. series yeah, yeah on abc and uh it's now the third largest opening weekend of 2017 it opens to an estimated 117.2 million dollars and the sequel has been confirmed it was on the back burner until they saw what the opening weekend and the response was going to be for this movie. And obviously, people are loving it. I'm not a horror movie fan, so I'm probably not going to see it. Uh, you're not going to see it? N- no, I'm not going to go what see we, it. <laughs> you're not going to go see it? Oh, go see what? Go see it. Uh. <laughs> Who's on first? So it, it, that's that's awesome that a, a, a movie like this, uh, a remake, and especially a Stephen King movie yeah uh, most I, a lot of stephen king movies tend to end up being really well weird. i mean the dark tower really wasn't getting good reviews i still have yet to see that but i mean that, that just really, looks so boring and i, I want to see it because i like idris elba but i don't know i'll probably just wait till it comes out but i mean yeah for it a movie i honestly had no interest in for a horror movie especially in what september yeah they really figure. wanted that early halloween money i think there's a saw sequel or a saw yeah jigsaw coming up. jigsaw comes out yeah so um, i they probably want to get a jump on but that. i know because the movie for it um there's a little easter egg with the release date um pennywise comes out every 27 years mm-hmm. and it's been 27 years oh that's right so yeah. that's actually really interesting it's a little fun little thing they're doing yeah with that. and uh i guess they did tease that in the movie i've heard that they have it chapter one which alludes to a chapter two. Yeah. I'm sure a lot of people would have been very upset by if uh, it never happened, but obviously the, the box office is doing well yeah. enough. I think they already made their money back, so everything from here on out is pure profit, and they're just going to continue to roll into the money just based on word of mouth, and it's getting really great reviews. I think it's sitting at 86 right now on Rotten Tomatoes. which That's good for recently. I mean, For a horror movie yeah, especially. especially. Yeah, I mean, I can't even honestly name you the last horror movie that was super successful i mean paranormal activity got a lot of buzz back in the day they, but those are in a that's lot because of it was not a lot of critical yeah, i mean it was a terrible movie i saw it i was like, oh, you know i like i like those terrible film camera movies the I mean, first person perspective yeah i mean cloverfield's one of my favorites but mm-hmm. i mean not a lot of people like that but that's the shaky cam is terrible in it though i will say that yeah i still love that easter egg in cloverfield that the the perspective person's name is hud yep that, i love that easter egg that's jj from Zoria. <laughs> Uh, other news that we have, X-Files and Pacific Rim Uprising will have presence at New York Comic Con. X-Files is going to get a sneak peek. They're bringing that back for another short season. Oh, um, truth is out there, man. I haven't heard anything about the new stuff. I've heard at least maybe mixed things, I, but I mean, I don't actively search it out because um, I was never I know an X-Files we, person. We ended up picking it up. I want to watch it. I love the series. You know, Growing up, I watch it every Sunday. You know, You'd see the watching football, and then all of a sudden you'd hear the... You know, the theme song, like, oh, it's X-Files. And as a kid growing up, you're either terrified or super interested. So, Yeah, I think it was more on the terrified end. I know a large thing that they deal with is aliens, and aliens terrify me. (laughs) Oh, uh, there's a few movies that, there's one like, 
uh, Fire in the Sky or something like that. I watched like one day. It was like on TV. Uh, terrifying. For some reason, there was like a torture scene where like the aliens like messing with a guy, and it just forever scarred me for. I think what got me was Unsolved Mysteries. There was an episode that they had with, uh, it was Alien Abductions was the theme, and they had guys with like po- weird pock marks on the side. Oh, of their, I think I've seen that the, before. Yeah, and like their rib cage, and like they, I think Unsolved Mysteries has become a bit either of a cult classic or it's been debunked as like a lot of the stuff Isn't, that they had wasn't done. Wasn't that a guy that like, had the great voice, like the super alluring voice? He was just like super yeah. like, today on unsolved mysteries yeah he he played the lead fbi agent in beavis and butthead do america as well i believe yes yeah yeah, yeah but he i mean i watched that show basically for him because yeah he oh, had that his voice was just amazing he could talk about anything and he'd be like mm, this is comfortable he was the white morgan freeman that's true i'll take that <laughs> pacific rim uprising is also going to have a trailer debut the first trailer left a little something to be wanted it was kind of more of a promotional video yeah. it was it was like a recruitment video uh, which I can kind of get behind, but I, obviously we don't know anything about what no, I mean, the I'm, sequel story I'm, is going to be. I'm guessing if they're going that route, that kind of recruitment kind of thing, it's like, hey, these giant Jaegers are back, and or giant kaiju are back, and we need you to join the Jaeger initiative. Mm-hmm. That's kind of interesting if they do something like that. But yeah. I, I mean, think I saw Twitter had officially dubbed John Boyega John Boy Jaeger, which I'm all for. I love that, that nickname. <laughs> I like it. Uh, but I'm I'm excited for Pacific Rim Uprising. It's it's gonna be if nothing else, just stupid fun. Oh, just I'm, like the first one. Yeah, I mean, there's plenty of movies that are like that. I mean, if you're going into movies thinking it's gonna be some deep, you know, Oscar-worthy movie, you're gonna leave going, "What did I just watch?" But it's it's gonna be you know exactly what they're painted as: monsters fighting robots. Bam. And you know the overseas market, the Asian market is gonna love it, just like the last one. Oh I yeah, mean, giant mechs sell oh. overseas. Oh yeah. Uh, speaking of Oscar-worthy movies, Suicide Squad Two oh, is God. coming out, and they have a, direct, a writer at least, uh, Gavin O'Connor. And if they like the script well enough, they're also gonna peg him to direct. Which it sounds like they may like the script that he's the treatment that he's already turned in because Margot Robbie is on record as saying she's going to suit up again as Harley Quinn quote sometime next year. Whoop-dee-doo, Basil. <laughs> honestly, I didn't mind the first one. It was, I liked it more than Batman vs Superman because I thought Batman vs Superman was the most boring movie I've watched in a long time. The last 45 minutes were pretty good. I mean, it was enjoyable, but I mean, Suicide Squad, it was at least kind of fun. I mean, they really push the whole, look at Margot Robbie, look at Margot Robbie. Hey, everyone wants to be Holly, uh, Harley Quinn for Holly, Halloween this year, right? Ha- Harleyween? Oh, please don't. <laughs> don't start that. Oh, I'm sure we're going to start trending. Oh, boy. <laughs> Talking smack, trending Harleyween. Oh, boy. Um, yeah, I really nothing the first Suicide Squad. It, it, it could not exist, and I would not miss it. I wouldn't be like, man, I really wish they would make a Suicide Squad movie like this. I will say that my biggest critique was going to be, I was like, I don't think Will Smith can pull that off. He was... He was like, Will Smith. He was Will Smith, and it was, he it was, was fine. fine. I mean, yeah. it was more of like them just throwing Harley Quinn out there, like, look, she's popular. Everyone likes Harley Quinn. We're Warner Brothers. We know everything. <laughs> I've watched it recently. I, I had been very stubborn about watching it. I haven't seen the, the extended cut. I just I had HBO go, and I watched it. And again, it, it, it didn't do anything the, the jared leto stuff could have been cut out completely yeah, and it wouldn't have impacted anything uh the ending didn't need to end that way there the diablo was pretty cool and it was kind of fun i know leaving my wife's like i want to know more about him like i have no idea who you, he is you've learned everything you needed to know yeah, about that's him. what i'm like uh sure we'll look that up <laughs> wikipedia uh so yeah suicide squad 2 
probably going to be another one of those DC movies that's rushed and probably not. They probably won't learn their lesson. No, um, they. As much as every everyone wants to say they're not trying to catch up to Marvel, they are. They. I don't know why they're they're so against doing this whole. Hey, we can't be like Marvel. Look at they. They put out movies and they're successful, but we got to be something different because we can't be associated. Like, oh, we're the same kind of thing. Why not? Who cares? Compare compared apples to oranges. It doesn't matter. Apples to apples. Whatever. <laughs> I mean, <clears throat> you're gonna start your series with Batman. They could have done the Iron Man route. Batman starting off. Who cares if you're comparing it to it? If it's going to be successful and people are going to like it, that's all that should matter. But instead, they're more concerned about image. Like, we're DC. We're different. We're dark. We're dark. We we're do cool. sex. <laughs> Which, that's another topic we're going to have to get into another time. Um, I have it slated as an episode where the DC animated movies just rely so heavily on the sexualization of their that's women. That's been Bruce Tim though, lately, honestly. He's taken over a lot of it, but if you go back to Assault on Arkham, there's a completely unnecessary yeah. sex scene between Harley and Deadshot. I think it's Deadshot. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Uh, and there's there's just a lot of unnecessary things that we'll get into. I, I still need to watch a few more before I can really formulate an opinion on all of them, but I've seen a lot of them, and all of them rely on that, but that's a different story for yeah. a different episode. The big news out of this week, besides Destiny 2... <laughs> As far as a lot of gamers. Other things going on in the world? I have no idea. Colin Trevorrow, Trevorrow, uh, director of Jurassic World, was just fired from Star Wars Episode Nine. The the official press release says that it was a mutual changing of the guard where they're just like, we don't see eye to eye anymore. We're going to go. The official... I bet he was going to put a Jedi dinosaur in there, (laughs) which I totally... A Jedi dinosaur riding on the back of a giant mech. Because, uh, God, I'm, I'm going to get into that in a second. Uh, but the official press release from Lucasfilm was, Lucasfilm and Colin Trevorrow have mutually chosen to part ways on Star Wars Episode Nine. Colin has been a wonderful collaborator throughout the development process, but we have all come to the conclusion that our, our visions for the project differ. We wish Colin the best and we'll be sharing more information about the film soon. A lot of speculation is that his new movie, The Book of Henry, which is a critical and uh, commercial flop, had a huge impact on it. They they kind of didn't want to use him after so long, but because they had already signed him on, they're like, let's see what happens with the Book of Henry. It didn't do well, and they're like, see ya, don't want to be ya. The new rumor is uh, Episode Eight director Ryan Johnson is going to be the guy that steps into the role. Uh, the movie starts filming in January, so they kind of have to know what's going to happen. Yeah. You, you have to assume that they know what's going to happen. Oh, they probably have a plan somewhere. I saw all the rumors saying J.J. Abrams might come back, which I know you don't really want, but... It's not the worst idea ever, but if they're going to bring someone back, I would prefer it be Ryan Johnson. It seems like well, he I know and I've... Kathleen Kennedy get along really well. Yeah, but we don't know how the new movie's going to turn out. I mean... It, I honestly, it's Star Wars. It's probably going to be good. It's going to be kind of hard to screw up. I mean, well, unless you're at episode one. But <laughs> unless you're in the entire prequel trilogy besides the last hour of hey, it. Hey, Samuel L. Jackson gets a pass. He was the best thing ever. I'm going to edit that out. Mace Windu. He is so stoic in those. He just needs to drop That's a mother effort and it'll be... This, I'm like, oh, I'm good. This is the best movie I've ever seen. <laughs> Star Wars episode three and a half, The Hitman's Bodyguard. I would watch that. <laughs> I would too. Them killing Jar Jar Binks for two hours. <laughs> Please, no, sir. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, but yeah, episode nine, it's a tricky situation because you have to close it out on a satisfactory note. And I don't think you can do that with J.J. Abrams because 
he likes asking questions. He doesn't necessarily like answering questions. That is true. I am, I love J.J. Abrams when he does leave a lot to be desired in a lot of his movies. Are like, hey, question this. Like, okay, but I can see your point. We're saying it's Star Wars. We want an ending. We want to know what's going to happen. But are they going to end it with this as a trilogy, or are they going to continue on? I feel like they have to end it just because it makes sense and it's the standard Star Wars way. Um, I mean, they've deviated a little bit because my biggest gripe against Episode 7 is that every Star Wars movie, despite the fact that we know it leads into another one now, every Star Wars movie is a complete story unto itself. Even Empire Strikes Back, it has a cliffhanger ending, but it still ends on a note that you're like, this movie is done. They have answered everything but what happens to Han. And as far as Harrison Ford is concerned, Han died in the Carbonite and everything after that is just his death wish. It's weird. Yeah, he wanted Han Solo to die in that Carbonite. He, like, if he didn't want to show up in Episode Six at all, and uh, he he's he's always wanted his characters to die. I don't think he's ever wanted to be a part of franchises. So he, so he oh man, what is that guy's name? Have you ever watched the movie? Um, is it Sean Bean? The no, it's no I know Sean Bean dies all the time. Um, God, I can't even think of the guy's name now. He was in uh, Sinister. He was uh, in the first Purge movie. Uh, is it Ethan Hawke? Oh, Ethan That's Hawke. Yeah, he dies, he dies in every he freaking every... movie I've ever seen. Like, oh, hey, look, Ethan Hawke, he's dead. There's another crime movie He didn't I die watched. in Gattaca. I mean, it's kind of alluded to that he dies on the way there, but at the end oh, of the movie... he dies. You know he dies. You know, he probably Him does. Him and Sean Bean die every movie. It's, <laughs> they're the dying twins. They just need to get Ethan Hawke as every character that they want to die, so we at least know what's coming. Him or Sean Bean. But then they're going to move you both of them where neither of them die, and everyone we want to live dies. Man, I need to get I need to get paid for those ideas. <laughs> Go to Warner Brothers. They'll pay you top dollar for that. We'll just dress one they, of them They would up call as... that a script right there and film next week. <laughs> <laughs> Ethan Hawke can play the Joker, and Sean Bean, Harley Quinn. I'd pay. It'd be more interesting what they're doing now. I mean, Harley is an androgynous name. It's true. But yeah, Star Wars 9... You've, it has to close out the trilogy. They obviously had to change up things because of Carrie Fisher's untimely death. I think episode nine, they said, was supposed to be her movie, and now they have to kind of change it up. My personal theory is that they were going to kill off one of the original trilogy members with each movie. So obviously, spoiler alert, episode seven was Harrison Ford <gasps> on Solo. Say what? <laughs> and then I think episode eight was maybe going to be Luke. And then episode nine was going to be Leia, and she was also going to be Kylo Ren's redemption moment, where she maybe kills herself or she does something to kind of redeem him before he like fully goes Sith. Uh, Do you think now, he'll turn to the light side? I think I, I, have, a, I, 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 I have a feeling they're going to pull some craziness out. I, they're going to. This do is some my bigger. hopes. Throw Kylo Ren, make him this villain. He starts turning, and Ray starts going to dark side. Bam, <laughs> craziness. Would you expect it though? I mean, they're they're marketing the the living hell out of Ray. Literally everywhere I go, big huge posters of Ray. I, I don't think that follows a Star Wars story very well, but again, and it, I also don't think it would play very well to the the diversity crowd. You can't have this feminine strong hero all of a sudden just become the villain. Yeah, I I don't know. I don't think that's going to be the case. I think Kylo Ren pulls a Vader and he he redeems himself in a death moment where he or he could just go full bad because. A lot of people aren't going to accept the fact that he becomes good again. And I don't think I necessarily... Well, that would just... I mean, that would, their whole complaint with Episode 7 was basically... It's a soft reboot. Yeah. And, well, it's like, oh, look, they just copied the whole A New Hope. 
And I, I think that's gonna that could play into it, but I also think it would be a much more satisfactory ending to just kill the bad guy. Don't give him a chance to redeem himself. He clearly wants to go down this path for some Can reason. Can they Dooku him? Do it. <laughs> uh, sure, why not? I just think that Kylo Ren, I don't think, can can be redeemed just because, I mean, he killed his father. Yeah. And not in this... Well, have you, I don't know if you've seen like the theories out there, like maybe Han was the one who... I don't believe that one for a minute because I, there's that shot where they're like shaking the, the lightsaber where Han's like trying to pull it away from him. And he's clearly holding on to it because he knows what he needs to do. And then all of a sudden, the saber goes through him. I, I don't think Han did it. I, I don't think he did either, but it's just kind of reading it. I was like, man, that would be fun. It would, it would suck, but it would still be, look, Harrison Ford got his wish. He's going to kill himself. But no, I, I, I know it's not how it ends. But I know a lot of people don't like Kylo Ren. I, I'm a fan. I'm a, I like him too. He's an interesting Everyone's character. Like, he's just whiny. It's like he has pure untapped potential. He's uncaged he's obviously strong i mean he's pulling information out of people which darth vader couldn't do they had to torture leia in order to get it mm-hmm. he's stopping you know laser beams laser beams and, and just and continuing that conversation that is by far the coolest shot in like and, star wars history and people are like oh well, he's not even strong well, yoda couldn't do that he can only deflect him yeah and yoda's considered one of the strongest ever mm-hmm. uh yeah it just i i don't get it either i think he's a very interesting character i think that he gets a bum rap. People think he's whiny. He's he's a better Anakin than Anakin Skywalker was. I mean, they both are immature and they both just want something out of the Force that they can't have. We don't know what exactly what Kylo Ren wants other than to finish what Darth Vader started, whatever that may be. I mean, he's he's clearly, like you said, he's an untapped potential in the Force. And again, I, I will maintain that until I see something in The Last Jedi or whatever Episode Nine is called, that shot where he stops... Poe Dameron's laser blast in midair and freezes the, him with the force. He just can't move. Yeah, it's he like, does. He gets and he just turns both. around. And it's like, hey, where's the map? Yeah, it's easily the coolest shot in Star Wars history, and it's in the first five minutes of the movie. It's awesome, and yeah, I, he he throws a hissy fit because they lose the they lose BB-8 or they lose Ray or something. I don't know. I think it was the, the I forget. I have BB-8, like the droid got away or something. Yeah. And the scene of the two uh, stormtroopers walking by. Yeah. And probably shouldn't go that way. Those sort of things bug me. Um, I'm not going to get off on that tangent right now. But those little like kitschy moments that are like, oh, look, the audience is la- or the movie is laughing with us. I don't like those moments. Harry Potter was notorious for those. But that's the end of my tangent there. I'll get into those another time. We, too. Get, we have three podcasts just on that. <laughs> we do. So the we'll we'll hear and we'll tweet out and we'll keep you guys posted as far as what happens with episode nine. I think they already know who's going to direct episode nine. It's just a matter of when they want to announce it. Like they'll probably start doing some screenings of episode eight. And if it's Ryan Johnson, they start getting some really good reactions to episode eight. They'll be like, Hey, by the way, Ryan Johnson's doing yeah. it. And I, it's gotta be JJ or Ryan. Cause they have to have someone that can just come off the street and go. What about George Lucas? I honestly wouldn't hate that, but I also don't know how it would end up. He would chew in Jar Jar somewhere. Misa still alive. Oh, no. No, you're not. <laughs> there was an, an, one of the new novels that came out in Force Friday 1 that talked about Jar Jar. I don't think they specifically named him, but one of the characters in the books, I forget what book it is, but I know you can easily look it up. He finds this street performer, and he just ends up, telling basically Jar Jar's story. He's like, I did all this stuff, and now I'm banished to this place. And that is basically Jar Jar's living a shitty life 
begging for change after pretty much single-handedly helping destroy the Republic. That's what he deserves. It is. Uh, so Those damn Gungans. Transition time. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of damn Gunguns, uh, Destiny 2. Yes, sir. I have not played this game because I am broke, and I don't have the time to devote to this. Uh, well, I got the collector's edition, which I guess I could have brought and showed you a little bit of, but... It's fine. It would just make me want it more. <laughs> so I've got a few questions to kind of start, but I'll let you give a basic rundown of what what kicks off Destiny 2. What makes Destiny 2 start differently than Destiny 1? <laughs> a story, honestly. I mean, Destiny 1, I, I played a lot of Destiny. It was terrible. I'm not going to lie. The Destiny 1 was bad until they started fixing it with the expansions. Taken King really turned it in a good direction. Rise of Iron was fun. But Destiny 2 is just a whole nother level. It's You can tell this is what Bungie wanted from the beginning. They wanted this. This is what they really needed. The story is fantastic. I mean, it starts off, there's a ton of cutscenes, and the cutscenes are gorgeous. And Cade steals the show, of course, Nathan Fillion, the man. I mean, it starts off, you just, you're kind of at the tower. You know, you see Zavala and Akora and Cade all having a conversation. And they're like, oh, you know, the satellites are offline. What's going on? And uh, all of a sudden, like, you see these big cabal ships coming in. And, you know, Zavala's like, man, the battle stations. And shit hits the fan. So, I mean, you get the Red Legion. They're coming in, destroying everything. They're trying to take the Traveler. Um, but you don't learn that until after the first mission. The first mission is you're literally with your ghost. You're flying around trying to contact the tower. You're like, okay, what's going on? Flying, you're like, oh, okay, this isn't good. They're under attack. So you go into the tower. You're running through, killing everything. And it's like, hey, what's going on? You see Cade. He kills a bunch of people. He's like, I have a date with whoever's doing this. It's funny. He's got some good one-liners in the in the game. I almost want to say movie. That's not a movie. Could be. And then pretty much the whole premise is, I mean, this big bad guy, Gaul. He, Gary. It's Gary, yes. Okay, <laughs> Gary. He uh, He's part of the Red Legion, this huge force of Cabal. They've been, like, exiled or something from the Cabal Empire. I, I'm not 100% sure on the lore with that one. but You haven't read the Grimoire cards? There are no more Grimoire cards. They're actually, uh, everything's in-game now, which is really nice, which we'll talk a little bit more about that when we talk about, like, gear and everything. But basic story rundown, though, he's coming in, he wants the light. He feels like he should be the chosen one. So you go there, and he's literally taking the Traveler's light. He's trying to figure out a way to give it to him and the Red Legion. So you lose your light, he kicks you off a ship. There's a great, one of the first missions, like, right, like second or third mission, I think it's the second, you're literally walking around, you have... It's like the kind of like I, I kind of compare it to the reach, the end of reach, where you're walking around like you know you're barely hobbling. Yeah, I love that mission. Um, you're hobbling. You, you see your ghost. Everything's just in ruins. You feel defeated. It's like two days later, and you're walking around in the forest. There's like a hawk that's flying around. You're, you know, me being stupid trying to shoot it because you know I need to eat to survive. But <laughs> it's not that kind of game. It's not, which sucks, but. Um, no, so you're, you're just traveling out, you're wandering outside in the wilderness and, you know, there's these dogs chasing you. Um, so you mean you find a gun and you, like, I've noticed, it's one little cool thing I noticed, but if, because you can't revive the beginning part because your ghost has no light to revive. You're not, you're not immortal, which they do touch on, which I like because it pretty much talks about how ghosts like oh look you're just oh you're dead just revive you just revive you they're basically immortal which that's a big part of it where they everyone loses their light they're not immortal anymore they can't die and just come back and die and come back it's literally like this is your last life but the traveler you know eventually chooses you you're going through there's i'm kind of skipping through a lot of it just because you know i don't want to spoil you just shit. yeah pretty much back to my main point here what i was talking about before wandering through the wilderness you as you're being attacked by these dogs i notice like Something else was shooting them, and I was like, what the hell's going on? That's when you meet Hawthorne, 
that's when she's kind of like she left the city because she didn't want she wasn't chosen to be a guardian she was just there and she she wasn't get she didn't get the gift of the light so she's got this huge preservation set up called the farm it's actually the new social space so you go there and that's where you meet like uh, tess Everest is there she's the the uh, microtransaction vendor <laughs> which those are back but they're completely cosmetic i understand i mean i know all games are going towards that mm-hmm. but that's where they make their big bucks yeah which i can't i can't lie i bought 20 dollars worth <laughs> but they have some cool emotes you get like the you ever seen the salt guy where he sprinkles the salt oh jeez they have that one it's pretty fantastic they have the john travolta like look around <laughs> thing that that is, is it hilarious. called the travolta it's called confused oh they can't stinks. because of licensing but it's fun uh yeah you meet a bunch of new characters um shacks is still in it he's pretty cool he's the crucible guy one part i do have to mention when you're going through the crumbling tower the sweeper bot still there sweeping away <laughs> i'm just like sweeper bot you're still alive for now pretty much everyone that was in the first one comes back eris isn't in it eris morn she was the mm-hmm. she was the creepy one that was obsessed with crota yeah she's not in the game which i'm assuming because they do talk about her a little bit they're alluring to her coming out in future dlcs which they've only announced two so far Oh, they announced two. I only have one listed. So. Well, well, I mean, we know what the second one is. This is symbol for Rasputin, so it's going to be about the Worm Mind, which is cool because that's lore I want to learn about. Because mm-hmm. I mean, they mentioned Rasputin about a billion times in the first game. But yeah, and you never really know what's going. Like he's on. a Worm Mind. Okay, what does that mean? Please tell me more. I don't have time to read all this. But yeah, well, we don't. We don't. Everybody, Kyle does. Oh, he. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but no. So I mean, you're you're going through. You're meeting new people. You're trying to. You have to go to these different planets, too, to go, you know, get Zavala back, get Cade back, get Akora back. You need these people to be back together because you find out the Red Legion has a machine that's destroying our sun. It's eating mercury and destroying the sun. So it's, they're like, well, if, if they don't get their uh, goal anyways, they're going to destroy the solar system because that's what the Red Legion does because they're assholes. But... So they're pretty much a bunch of quests. I don't want to spoil everything. I'm going to spoil the ending, but I don't want to spoil the middle because that's the good part. The journey is what matters. The journey is what matters. That's your destiny. <laughs> they do do that a lot, though. That's The game is pretty guilty of doing their whole taglines. There's a point towards the end where Gaul's like, I have become Gary. legend. It is, okay, Gary becomes, <laughs> I have become legend. It's like, hey, he said it. Like the scene from Family Guy, you know, he's like, ha, he said it. Uh, you know, Superman 3, quest yeah. for hope. <gasps> he said it. <laughs> kind of thing. I'm getting way off track here. There's just so much to talk about I mean, with it. It's I, it's a pretty immersive game, from what I understand. I, I really immersive. wish I had the time to to play it. I I don't have the time. I have a regular nine to five. I've, obviously, you have a nine to five. I, I took vacation. I literally had to take. This is like the one thing that I'm looking forward to this year for like gaming wise. I mean, we got the other things coming out, but they're not like something I'm like, oh, this game, oh, this game. It's Destiny. This is what I've been looking forward to. Mm-hmm. So I mean, the story's great. Gall eventually. Gary. <laughs> Gary. I told you I'm going to do it. Uh, for those of you that don't get the joke, the first announcement trailer I think that came out with was it E3 this year? Or was it E3 last year? This year. It was this year. the 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 first like cinematic trailer that they released had Cade and the Titan guy Zaval Zaval uh, talking about this guy that came and just destroyed the the citadel or the whatever the, the tower. tower is called. Cade, who is voiced by Nathan Fillion, his character. I love the way they eventually gave his character like actual characteristics instead of just giving him weird little one-liners in the tower, and like he just became this really snarky and smarmy uh, Nathan Fillion like robot guy. He is telling this big story about how he stole all their stuff, most importantly my stuff, and his name is Gary 
Glenn, something with a G, and it's just it's great. I, it it's if you haven't seen that trailer, it's worth checking out because it's fun. And that line alone is. Worth Have you seen the live it. action trailer, by the way? Yeah, the one where they take all the puppies. Yep, we and shared Nathan that on Fillion. our Facebook page. Oh, love it! Oh, Nathan Fillion. Mm-hmm. They hit the banter between him and Zavala and Akora are just fantastic throughout the story missions. There's one point. Akora is voiced by Zoe, not Zoe. That's her character name, Gina Torres, right? Yep. Yeah, I love I love the Firefly Firefly reunions. Oh. Firefly. Gonna take a moment to just bask. Ah. <laughs> okay, so Destiny Two. Yeah. So pretty much, you, you go to the farm, then you go to the European Dead Zone, meet another new character, um, Devram K. He's kind of like the EDZ the European Dead Zone guy. He's you go to him, you get these tokens throughout, which it's they changed everything. So there's no more like sitting in orbit and waiting like, oh, we have to wait to load, wait to do this. You can literally fast travel across the map. The map is huge. There's tons of stuff to do. Lost sectors or little cool things with hidden bosses in them and chests. And you get tokens for that, which you take to Devrim, which you level up once you hit 20 and can get gear. So, I mean, you're literally getting legendary gear as much as you want to spend time in the game. Public events are like you can sit there and just do public events for three hours and just get a ton of gear. You get exotics to drop. It's it's the gear is easy to get now it's not where the grindiness of one where we're like oh we gotta run this raid and hope to god if we get something oh we got shafted okay that sucks this time you can just sit there and keep doing it and keep getting good stuff and it just doesn't stop there's no limit to it until they fix it and well i don't think they will because they want it to be easier i know it's weird to say but i think they they really want it to be an easier you know because people are like well i can't do all this stuff i can't get to this light level i can't do this if i play by myself i remember having that problem that's pretty much why i dropped destiny one was because i fell behind you guys <laughs> uh you guys kind of jumped ahead especially once rise of iron came out i i bought it i spent what was it 20 or 40 bucks I think it was 30 something like that yeah and and i i paid the 30 bucks i played through the campaign it was fine but i couldn't do the raid i i, don't, I never touched the rise of iron raid it was okay i mean it wasn't it was my least favorite. No, I wouldn't say least favorite. I mean, Atheon was kind of meh. It was fun, but... It was the old. first raid. Yeah. I mean, it was okay. That They had some cool mechanics to it, mm-hmm. which I'm really hopeful for this new raid, which drops next Wednesday. Oh, fun. Well, whatever Wednesday, next Wednesday is. This Wednesday, I think, is the 13th? Yeah, that day. The 13th. Yeah. Drops that day. It's a Leviathan raid, which no one really knows what it is. Um, there's actually a cool little scene at the beginning, which kind of flashes what it is. Is this giant world-eating thing, which the Collector's Edition actually has some artwork for it, which there's a YouTuber I follow who talks about Destiny lore, and they're like, is this what this is? And they're showing, like, promotional arts. There's actually a picture, like a postcard, of, like, a giant thing eating a planet. So hmm. I'm guessing we're actually going to have to go Galactus. in the level. It's a big worm, okay? Galactus is a big cloud? We'll call him Steve. <laughs> Steve. Steve and Glenn. Gary. Dynamic duo. Glenn, Gary. Now, now you're backtracking. This I is am. ridiculous. Anyways, once you're done with the EDZ, you're going around there. You move to Titan, where uh, the Titan is Zavala. Ah, see what they did there. But uh, it's actually overrun. It was an old. It's really cool. It's a huge like shipyard. The whole planet's water. You're going around. You you find Zavala because he's he sent his rendezvous beacon out. Like, hey, everyone, come to Titan. Titan, we're gonna regroup and attack and get our tower back. And that's when we find out. Before that, we find out about the giant. Oh, no, I'm wrong. Not to edit that out. <laughs> nope, it's staying in. Ah, oh, damn it. <laughs> so after, because we, we hear, we un, unearth, you un, decrypt the message from Zavala saying, hey, you know, Hawthorne gets pissed off. He's like, oh, you're going to leave us. Oh, that's cool. 
like, yeah, we need to go get Zavala. We need to get everyone back together. We need to figure what's going on. We go there. Zavala instantly is like, what are you doing here? We, you know, we can't risk you. You don't have your light. Like, no, we have our light back. We, we found a shard of the traveler and it granted us our power back, which is the new subclass, one of the three. And he's like, oh, cool. Well, come help us. So you're going through and it's overrun by Hive. Titan has completely been abandoned and the Hive are just taking over. The Hive were the ones from... The moon. Primarily okay. on the moon. The the weird, like, exoskeleton things. Yeah, they're basically zombies. Yeah. According to their, their actual, like, lore and everything. They're pretty much zombies, which is kind of interesting. It's creepy, but... Kind of like the I, Flood from Halo. Oh, here we go. The Halo references. Yeah, essentially. It's it from is. the same company. It is, yeah. They're essentially the Flood. Which I gotta say, though, the Fallen are super creepy in this game. Because they're, like... If you Those remember, are the elite-looking dudes, right? Yeah. They literally crawl at you like all four of their arms and it's like oh goo get away from me and if you're not paying attention you just see it scurry past you it's terrifying interesting it's it's kind of cool that they added in an extra feature to make them a little more intimidating they're definitely a little bit more unique now they've changed a little bit of the looks of everything too the 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 hive look really like way more armored up like they're bulkier like their acolytes are super bulky Hmm. like they have actual armor which is kind of cool but anyways you go to titan you the whole point is to get the base working so they can get, you know, the people that are coming there to get them safe. Um, and then you decrypt a message that you stole from, that you intercepted from the Cabal, which is about that sun-killing machine called the Almighty. And they're like, oh, crap. And, you know, Z- Zavala's like, I need my fire team. I need Cade and I need Ekora. So then you're like, okay, we're going to go to <clears throat> Nessus and go find Cade, which is fun, where you meet one of the coolest new characters I've met anyways, Exodus. Which her name is Ron Exodus. It's the ship that crashed, crashed, crashed. Her uh, her name's Failsafe, which she is like an old ship that crashed a long time ago, and is like this AI backup called Failsafe. Which she's been there so long that she's like kind of messed up, so she has like split personality. Hmm. So she's like super friendly, then she's like, yeah, whatever, kind of just like a dick. <laughs> and her, the banter between her and the ghost is hilarious, and Cade, which she calls the Cade unit. Which, when you get there, you find out he's been trapped in a Vex <laughs> warp. And so she's like, oh, he's over there. Oop, he's over there. Oop. Huh. And so he's like, and they, they have a little callback to, like I said earlier, how they were doing, like, the Become Legend, where Cade has a moment where he's like, I don't even have time to explain what I don't have time to explain about. Kind of like the stranger says in the first one, which she has nothing to do with this game. I'm assuming she'll be part of the Osiris thing, because she's mm-hmm. based off Mercury, so I'm guessing they're going to touch more on that, hopefully, with the next expansion. Going through, I mean, you got Nessus, you're going to help Gade, you get him out of this time gate, which is hilarious because he's just pretty much embarrassed the whole time. And he's kind of like apprehensive to come back because he's like, you know, I don't, I don't know what's going on. He's like, like, Zavala needs you. He's like, wait, did Zavala say those exact words like he did? He's like, oh my God, did he cry a little? And it's just funny because it's just Nathan <laughs> Fillion being himself. And his, uh, the ghost is still voiced by Nolan, Nolan North. North. Yeah. Okay, good. Peter Dinklage was fine, but yeah, very it, monotone. Like yeah, it was it was not good. I, I didn't mind him. He was a little bit more robotic, which makes sense. Yeah, but I mean, I see the direction they wanted to go with, and it's cool. Mm-hmm. Nolan North's hilarious. He did he voice Deadpool. That was good, yeah. good enough for me. But anyways, so I mean, you convince Cade, then you fly off to Io, which is like a sacred place. It's the last place the Traveler ever touched, which is just completely full of Traveler energy. Which the Taken are there, your favorite from the last one, or just oh, rehashed people. They're really annoying again. I mean, 
The Taken are kind of overrated, in my opinion. They're they're, just, they're the word shadow creatures, right? Yeah, I mean, Oryx is dead, so I mean, they have, but they're always the the way they get around is like they're always drawn to the Traveler's Light, so that's where they're gonna be. Just like okay, cool, whatever. I'm just I I can see you guys wanted another fourth enemy. Each planet pretty much introduces a new enemy. Cabal and Vex on the first Titan has the Hive. Vex were primary on Nessus, and then Taken on Io. So pretty much, Ikora's whiny really whiny at the beginning it adds a lot to her character she's very passionate she's upset she couldn't save the speaker which he's i didn't mention this but he's actually under uh cabal he's like being captured he's all tied up and gaul's pretty much just grilling him Jerry. like how, how do i be how do i get the traveler how do i make the traveler like you know choose me what do i have to do i, I don't really want to give too much away with the whole cabal thing because it's a really interesting dynamic about like, you'll have a cutscene about what you're doing, then I'll flash the Red Legion symbol and kind of talk about, bam, here's whatever they're talking about. Which, Gaul is actually, Gary, I'm sorry, is very deep. <laughs> Thank you. He's actually a pretty deep character. They did a lot of actual character development for the enemy, <clears throat> which is kind of surprising. But, anyways, back to Io. So you're going through, there's this really annoying character, the most annoying character I've seen. His name's Asher Mir. Super high-pitched voice. He's just like... He's basically the Sheldon Cooper, super smart and annoying. They're they're on IO. You're you know you're going through trying to eliminate Taken because they're just trying to take all this energy and you know the Cabal were there, but that's when you find out the Cabal are actually trying to take the light, kind of like how the Taken you know use the darkness or whatever to take different things or it could take yeah. them. They're trying to funnel this light, <clears throat> the Traveler's raw energy, and use kind of the same method that Taken took and try and convert everything. So you're like, holy shit, we need to stop this. You stop it, obviously. They get everyone back together, and they're like, look, you need to do something. We need to go steal a ship and get on there and destroy the Almighty. So, I mean, that's like the next part of it. You go through that. You're back on Earth. You get some tanks. So, I mean, a little... Oh, yeah, I'd heard that you actually get a tank in this. You get tanks, and it is fun. Driving around, running people over, blasting them until you flip it off the thing, and it's really sad because then you have to wait for another one to spawn. Pretty much, you know, you're going back. You got to go destroy this thing. So you're up at the sun, which is pretty cool. You're actually on, like, there's part of where you're trying to get to the core so you can destroy it. And you have to run outside where the sun is, so you have to stay in the shadows. And it's actually pretty challenging. I mean, if you don't know the direct path, I died a couple times. But it's you run through, you're getting burned. It's like, tss, you can hear it. And it's like, oh, God. You can see, like, the smoke off your gauntlets and everything. So it's pretty interesting. Hmm. That they, pretty cool that they did that. But, I mean, you get through there, you destroy it, get through, Amanda Holiday picks you up, takes you back. Like, as soon as they destroy it, Zavala and all of them have, they're going to assault the city. They're ready because they, that, they're, they're, you know, Jack in the Hole's gone. So, I mean, they can't destroy Ace the sun. Whatever, Jack in the Hole. <laughs> I don't know who Jack, Jack is. Hole. I don't know who Jack is, but he's in the hole. So, <laughs> anyways, Zavala uh, assaults the city. There's this really cool cutscene. I mean... You got Cade killing people. He actually like, drops down, like stabs one in the back of the neck. You know, he has his little banter. He uses a chicken to distract them. Because it's... Hawthorne has her hawk. And he's like, you know, he has this chicken. He's like, oh, we all got our fine feathered friends. And she just kind of like <laughs> rolls her eyes at him. He's like, what? He's great. Then, you know, you see this cutscene's amazing, though. I mean, you got Ikora, you got Zavala. They're all getting ready. Zavala kind of gets beat the shit up. Because, I mean, they don't have their lights still. You're still the only one light. So people are dying left and right. And you got Zavala, you know, 
thinking he's invin- invincible going out and getting his ass kicked and Hawthorne saves him. Like, I'm not even a guardian. I'm doing better than you. So it's kind of like, like, oh, look, not everyone that's a guardian, you know, not a, if you're a guard, you're not a guardian, you're not weak kind of thing. And that's just the story pretty much grounds everything. Mm-hmm. It makes everything come into perspective because Ikora talks about how she only has one life left and she was afraid to do anything on Io because that's her last life. She The Traveler gave her one more life and she's afraid to lose it because she knows she can't come back. She can't die and respawn, die and respawn. After the big thing, you come in, they're all banged up. Cade gets his leg blown off. Huh. It's armor leg. I don't remember. He's just laying there. He's like, just done. He's like, I'm over it. <laughs> so you kind of have to go through and then leads you up onto the ship by the traveler and you have to fight Gaul, Gary. Gaul, Gary. <laughs> Gary Gaul? Gary Gaul. The most disappointing part of the game is the Gaul fight is easy. Super They pull easy. a fable too? Not, not that easy. He literally, he takes the power of the traveler for himself. You know, he becomes a guardian, essentially, and he comes in his, like, his, because the, the bars are all different now for their health. They have, like, three sections every time. For each section, is a subclass from the new ones. Starts okay. off, he has, like, the warlock power, he's flinging swords at you. Or the titan with a shield with the Captain America. Um, the arc staff he doesn't really have. He kind of just shocks you with lightning, kind of Palpatine style. Okay. Cool. We literally beat it in two minutes. Hmm. I don't know if it was just we were completely overpowered at that point, or it was just, it was easy. But it, it was cool. I mean, the ending is cool, definitely. I mean, you, you're on top of a ship right next to the Traveler. You're literally right next to it. And he's flying around doing all this stuff. But, I mean, it's not hard. That was the most disappointing part of it. I wish the boss fight at the end would have been actually a little bit more of a challenge. It's uh, What was that Mars raid? Or not raid, the strike with the guy with the rocket launcher on his shoulders. Uh, Valus? Yeah, Valus. Yeah, it's not or as just, bad as that one. Oh, that one, no. It's super easy. I mean, it was... I mean, the strikes are fun. The strikes have been relatively challenging because they actually gave them like a raid mechanics kind of thing throughout okay. it. But anyways, back to the story. So you, you beat Gary, but you beat him. You know, the Traveler was like, whatever. You, you think it's over. And I was like, oh, that can't be it. And then he bursts into this gigantic like form of pure energy. He's like, I am everything. He's like, do you see me now, Traveler? There's a good Batman part of that where earlier when... Uh, Gary's trying to get the speaker to look at him. He's like, look at me. And I was laughing so hard because it's like, in the Batman voice, I literally blurted out like, look at me. <laughs> the the whole Traveler, the speaker and Gaul, Gary, whatever, aspect of it's pretty interesting because Gaul pretty much gets treated. He's like, you know, I speak for the Traveler. I didn't say the Traveler spoke to me. And Bill Nye, he's back, which is kind of cool. I didn't think he'd be back for this. Oh, I didn't even know he was in the Yeah, he's the voice of the speaker. Oh, interesting. Yeah, he's back. Um, I feel like I didn't talk about that whole aspect, and it's kind of throwing me off anyway. Well, you said you didn't want to spoil the journey. I didn't, but I feel I like mean, that, that clearly must be some kind of part of the journey. The the, the beginning part, like li- hearing that is just really interesting to me just because they're showing you what's going on in the Cabal side. It's not just they're doing whatever they're doing to be Cabal. The speaker is just being held. I, they don't actually say if he's dead or not because they don't really show he's just on the ground. Like he's the one other dude smashes his helmet so they don't really say if he's dead or not so i don't know but the traveler all of a sudden erupts back to the we're back to the future now back we're after beating gary and he's in his giant energy form and i'm thinking oh man we gotta beat him now and it's just literally just a big cut cutscene to end the game the traveler actually awakens destroys the cage around it and just evaporates it and galls like you do see me and he gets destroyed so I was like, okay, that's cool. He's like the traveler's awakened again, which it's been dormant for centuries. It erupts and like everyone gets their light back, which is pretty cool. It's a cool moment, like to see everything. You know, the credits roll, it's just Destiny 2, and then the credits roll. 
And then after the credits, there's an interesting scene where it shows the Traveler exploding with the light and it kind of reaching out into space, like hitting all the different planets. And it goes to this big empty part in space and these huge pyramid ships show up and it just cuts. So I don't know if it's like teasing what's going to be future DLC, which I'm assuming 100% is going to be, but they didn't say what it is. I don't know if it's going to be the nine which they talk about a lot in destiny one is the agent of the nine which he's mm-hmm. back he'll be here next friday for giving away his exotics and everything it's just a big tease and a lot of people are really confused about it. i'm i'm super excited to see what that means like okay the traveler's awake what's that mean for everything else like people are gonna like the enemies are gonna notice this like oh he's awake we can we need to get there and steal it after that i mean you wake up there's a well, wake up essentially it cuts into there's a new tower you can see the old tower being it's all destroyed you're basically on this huge wall we have all the vendors there so it opens up a new social area by the end of the game social area it's gigantic um there's just so much to do with it i mean you have all the vendors cade sitting in the hangar giving you treasure maps because that's what cade does but there's a ton of easter eggs in there there's a there's a thing that says don't pick don't touch me you pick it up and it's actually uh the floor is lava there's a little beam of light where you can't touch the floor. If you get there, you can jump super high, access other parts of the, the tower you couldn't before. So it's pretty cool. Interesting. I saw a uh, Glove and Boots did a live stream of their gameplay of Destiny 2 last week, and they did this thing where they walked on the uh, watermill outside yep. the farm, and that created some kind of mini game. Yep. It's, uh, it, it creates a... called Like a race? Yeah, it's, like, it's called uh, Century 4. And then you race around and can get it. And just a little fun thing that they did, I think. There's um, Unless they have more secrets to it, they haven't been found yet. Okay, It's, it's a little fun thing they did. It's, you can literally run around super fast, jump really high. Mm-hmm. It's just fun. Yeah, if you haven't seen Glove and Boots, they're a fun YouTube channel as well. They're uh, a groundhog puppet and some weird red monster that could be related to Elmo. We don't know. Destiny looks like a lot of fun. It looks like it, it still has that Destiny feel, but like you said, it, it seems like there's a lot of really good improvements. Among other things, there's an actual cohesive story. Uh, Destiny 1 definitely suffered from not having a cohesive story. It's basically just a bunch of go-fetch quests like, hey, there's something happening on the moon. You should go do that and then come back to us and maybe we'll give you something. Which they, they did fix a lot towards the end, like with Taken King and all that, but this one's just... They, they still reference everything you did. With the... The one thing I didn't mention, uh, when you actually first load in, like you pick your character, and it, if you play Destiny 1, it shows you like all your moments. So like the first time you beat the story, who you played with. The first time you did this raid, who you played with. First time you did this, this, this. And it's really cool to kind of like, like, oh, this is what you did Previously for the past. Previously on Destiny. You've done this. This is your accomplishments for the past three years. This is what you've done. So I mean... Has like, it been three years already? It's, I think, 2014. Wow. Because I know this is a 10-year plan from Bungie. Dang. Yeah. It was a good ride. I mean, I honestly have played through the story twice already. I have two characters. Pretty high level anyways. Third one, I'm just waiting to do. I will do it eventually. I need to have three characters ready for this raid on Wednesday. (laughs) So one of the things that I know when Destiny 2 was announced, one of the first things that they said was your stuff... Your stats, your your gear will not carry over into Destiny 2. And I know you were really upset about that. I was, but I wasn't. Um, just because I, I'm, I'm, for me, I'm a collector in games. The stuff I get, I like cool. You know, if it's cool looking to me, I want to keep it. For you want to keep your Gallahorn. <laughs> yeah, everyone wants to keep the Gallahorn. But they actually have a little nod to it. Like, hey, don't they just, Cade says something about, just bring Gallahorn. They're like, like, oh, wait, that got destroyed kind of thing. 
it was upsetting that I was like, oh, I'm not going to keep everything. I worked so hard and grinded all these countless hours. Like The grinding was the worst. There's, there's an app that or a website you can go to and actually it'll tell you how many days you've logged into Destiny, and it's bad. Like <laughs> I had like some stupid amount of days logged in for one character. Yeah, but just think of all the people that actually play that game more than you. <laughs> so, yeah, that's true. I mean, you can feel bad about that, but just think of all those other people that just... I mean, some of those people actually get money for streaming their Twitch, playing Destiny and all that. And I mean, it, and some people are mercenaries. They they actually charge people to help with raids. Oh, with the, uh, yeah. With the, I know they had an issue with uh, people for Trials of Osiris, like DDoSing people and log, get them out so they can get the get yeah. to the lighthouse, which I did legit once. Twice. I've done it twice. That was hard. That was not fun. Very frustrating. I am not good at PvP anymore. I think I'm just getting old. My <laughs> eyes can't keep up. I was going to ask, how how is the PvP compared to... Very good. Very balanced. One? Very balanced. They've... Auto rifles are really good. Hand cannons aren't all right. But, I mean, they've found a really good way, especially with the the new system of having a kinetic weapon, power weapon, and a, and a uh, energy weapon. The power weapons are now shotguns and snipers, so you're not seeing that as much. And it's very much a primary game. So people are using, like hand cannons and auto rifles and everything a lot more and it's become more of a stick with your team and you'll do well if you're trying to run around solo because you have a shotgun like in destiny one it's not going to happen in this game so it, it's it's definitely more yeah. fun it's less rage inducing oh i still rage just <laughs> well because, of course you do it's destiny because every time i die it's bullshit I didn't, <laughs> that's not how it happened no i it's definitely a lot of fun the pvp is fantastic they've balanced it out quite a bit i I get mad, and when I get tired and then playing the game at 3 in the morning with my friends and I'm getting pissed off because I'm dying, just, I just need to admit I'm tired. And the the strikes are fun. There's not a lot. I think there's only like five or six, like counting the PlayStation exclusive one. They're fun, though. I mean, the mechanics are definitely different. They've put the raid mechanics in there, like I said. They have, like, you know, each boss is something different. It's not like just you just shoot them. Like, no, you literally have to. Here's phase one of this battle. Here's phase two of this battle. Here's phase three. The one they did for the beta was the inverted spire where every time you took his health bar down like to a certain tick, it would drop the floor and there'd be another part. So it was pretty fun. Like in, I think the second part, like the floor went on fire, so we had to jump up on top of something. Third one, there's like all this white milk goo stuff that's like the stuff inside the Vex and you had to like not touch it, otherwise you'll die. But I mean, it's it's made them more interesting, not like here's a boss, kill it. Yeah, that here's your loot. That's it. No, it's actually like you have to actually put some time into it. I did complete a nightfall already. They're way different. Um, it's not. You can take your time. It's actually timed. So yeah, I heard get, that. Like, wasn't get, that an update in the last Destiny Destiny One updates? Uh, they made it timed. They they start doing time stuff where you get more rewards if you beat it in a certain time. This one, it's okay. So they were training you for yes. that. This one is like here's ten minutes. Um, if you at the if it clock hits zero, no matter where you're at, it takes you back to orbit. It's challenging. Like. Once we figured out what to do, it wasn't bad. I beat it twice already, which is pretty cool. I mean, I got some pretty nice stuff for it, but I mean, there's uh, an exotic quest where for the I think called the guns called like the Rat King or something like that. Um, and I you have to beat Nightfall with five minutes left, and I was like, "Ooh, it's gonna be a while before we can do that." It is. It's challenging. So I mean, they you literally have to plan it out. Like, oh, this guy has a solar shield. I need a solar weapon. Yeah. And you literally have to communicate more. It's not something you just go in with a couple randos and get it done it's like literally something you, you need to it, killing dying kills you 
like just <laughs> dying time. kills you really well, time wise <laughs> time wise anyways because i mean you okay. have to wait you know a certain time but kills get you more time so i mean like you kill like a, a nobody and i mean get in two seconds okay so you you can you accrue can get, time. you can accrue time yes so i mean it's it's different it's more challenging i like it it's definitely a cool little way for them to go anyways in my opinion I, there's always gonna be people out there who don't like it i i being a destiny fan anyways it's I guess I can, I'm kind of skewed on it. Judging this game compared to the release of Destiny 1, leaps and bounds better. So if you're someone who played Destiny 1 and was like, this game's garbage, I, I agree with you. The first one was terrible up until they started fixing it. It was all about the social experience, it playing was, with your yeah. friends, doing all these different things with your friends. It, and the game was kind of a side product of just getting to do all these cooperative games. It was games. an MMO-ish game that just was like, we, we don't know what we're doing yet. Mm-hmm. And I think they finally found their footing, which... It's going to be successful. They're going to fix whatever things they think they need to fix, and which I don't really know a lot they wouldn't have to fix. The one thing that bothers me, shaders. They're no longer like full shaders. They're consumables now. So it's literally like, oh, you have five of this one. You can put it on your guns or your camo or your guy, but you have to try and get them back again. You can't buy them. You have to go like find them in a chest. Or, oh, that stinks. You can't store them? No. So they're not permanent. They're literally consumables. Use them or lose them. Yep. So it's like, eh, I don't really like that, but I mean, it's cool. Like, the guns look cool with it. I mean, mm-hmm. and there's, I, I'm, I don't know, the ones I like are harder for me to find, apparently. I don't know, black <laughs> and gold looks cool. So the other thing that was recently confirmed by, the, by Microsoft, they had a description of the first DLC coming out. The description is as follows. Curse of Osiris continues your Guardian's journey with all new story missions and adventures set in a new destination, Mercury. Which, in Destiny, we've been to Mercury before. That's The crinkle is fine. Whatever. Um, you've been to Destiny before. That was... Or Mercury. You've been to Destiny before. No, uh, never. <laughs> you've been to Mercury before in the game, right? Uh, that was one of the There's some trials. Sp- there are some... That the lighthouse is on Mercury, which is supposed to be the new social space. Apparently, they're going to turn that into a social space for this new one. For I've seen some like rumors and stuff on it, but apparently, lighthouse from Destiny One, which was like if you went what was it nine and zero on Trials of Osiris, you get to go to the to Mercury and get all this really good gear. Super challenging, but that's going to be the premise of the new one because there's actually some hidden rooms on there. If you've never been there, I'm assuming you haven't. I never went to Mercury. I never did PvP, so I couldn't do anything. That's true. Um, but there's like a hidden room with like a like there's like a, a desk and some books where Osiris was. So it's kind of cool, like hinting at because Osiris interests me honestly. Um, some lore on him is he was like the speaker's protege, and he just got so caught up in like the Vex, like learning more about like the Vex and like what it means to be a guardian and everything. And he just went crazy, and like the dude's like, "No, get out of here! You're crazy." Hmm. So he kind of got exiled. So the, the, the story description of the Curse of Osiris goes as this. Journey through time and space to learn the secrets of Osiris, avert a dark future, and rebuild the ties between the legendary warlock and his greatest student, Ikora Ray. That sounds interesting to me because it sounds like uh, you're either going to take on the mantle of Ikora Ray in the DLC or you're going to time travel back with her, which obviously that introduces a whole new aspect of the Destiny story where you can time travel. Not really. Then The time travel thing has kind of been prevalent, especially with Atheon, because, I mean, you're literally going back in time to kill the oracles in like That's... the raid part. So, I mean, it's been it's been hinted at and kind of like a little bit used, you know, because Vex can manipulate time. That's which where is you... how they're able to teleport and all that. Yep. 
So that, okay. That, so it's not exactly a new thing, but it's going to be a new story thing, I should say. So, I mean, I, I'm guessing that you're going to figure out why, what happened with Osiris, why he's so freaking crazy. And, you know, the Vex are doing something, which I'm, the Vex are like one of my least favorite besides the Taken. They're just kind of meh to me. They're cut and paste villains. They're just There's robots. Nothing, yeah. I mean, but it's cool. They do have a, a little thing in there when you're actually on IO, or no, it's uh, Nessus. And you, you're like, see all the, like white milky goo. You're like, oh, the ghost makes something like, hey, this looks like the stuff that's inside the Vex. And Failsafe says something like, yeah, that's actually the biomaterial that's in them. So they're not 100% robot. Okay. So they're, they're more like weird they're pretty much evolved, creatures that They pretty much evolved to a point where they can take their, you know, their life force and put it into a ball and like protect it into them and just use like a metal body because it's more efficient. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of interesting to like lore wise. So they're not, like just, they're not just robots. No, they're actually like sentient beings that are just like super high evolved or whatever okay interesting uh but yeah the the story elements sound definitely very interesting uh the idea that you're gonna travel back in time i mean it sounds almost like a mass effect thing where you're the decisions you make are going to impact the future but it's it's probably going to be more color by numbers where it's going to be you have to go back in time to stop osiris yeah. and if you don't the future is going to be changed because he's not going to die so, I mean, it's it's probably not going to be as deep as I'm thinking it is, but it'll, I, I can definitely see it still being a lot of fun, especially if they're doing all of these improvements that you have already said that they've yeah. been Yeah, I mean, using. it's coming out relatively soon. It's December. Oh, wow. That's yeah, so, I mean, that's quick. Three months after launch, yeah. Yeah, especially, I mean, for after Destiny 1 came out, we didn't get a first DLC until... Until after I started playing. I didn't even start playing, I think, until, like, November or December after the game released. Because I, I know, I think it, I don't remember if it was January, or not for Dark of the Moon. Was it darker than us Transformers? It <laughs> <laughs> might as well have been a Destiny 1 DLC. It sounds like it was the Hive DLC where we got uh, Crota. Yeah. Which is one of my favorite raids. That was, that was definitely one of the better raids from Destiny 1. Um, I remember the the hack that we ended up having to utilize for the longest yeah, time. Yeah. Although, <laughs> having pull, to... pull the cord out from your router. We'll be good. <laughs> God, making Atheon walk off the edge in the good cheating days. I never did that one. You that never was, did that one? That no, was that, was, that was before my time on Destiny. They fixed that by then. Oh, it was good. Uh, did you do any of the events from like the Halloween time for Destiny? God, no. Those were so annoying. I had I had so many of those stupid things that they just gave me for free that I never used. Well, one of the things was was with the Atheon mask, jump off the edge, like walk off the ledge. So it's kind of like, oh, look, they're making fun of the fact that that was how people used to do it. Just make Atheon fall off the edge and how you win easy. Little self-referential things, yeah. Which I, I'm really I'm really excited for what Bungie's been planning anyways, just because they've hinted it so much throughout the game. When you're on Titan, there's this part where there's like scannables. Because they don't have the ghosts anymore, you can't find ghosts. It's literally just scannables that you investigate and learn a little bit of lore. Okay. Something about something huge, like underneath, swimming in the water, on Titan. So I'm like, huh. I wonder if they're ever gonna go something with that. And there's just a ton of stuff that they, I can see like for the future, and it's just really exciting. Like I've, the game, I've already beat the game. I got the raid to do. I'm just ready for more. Honestly, it's like I put quite a bit of time into this game. <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm really excited for it. I'm not disappointed. I'm. It's. I kind of went in with lower expectations thinking it's like what really can they change what can they do to make this game better and they've done it i mean it feels completely different so i mean if it's if you're someone that's never played it i'd rent it try it do whatever you need to you're gonna fall in love with it i think it has a lot of more rpg elements to it with the, the classes which we didn't really talk about that the new classes each each one has one new one titan gets the uh sentinel shield which you can actually it's it pretty much gets rid of the word of dawn 
which was the big bubble, but you can actually use the Ward of Dawn still. So there's actually a perk for that. And there's two different trees you can go down. So you have like your main stats, like you have your grenade, your jump. They actually get like a, put up like a shield, kind of like mm-hmm. a wall kind of thing. You can choose one of the two. And then you have two different paths you can take, which I'm guessing they might expand that and make like a, you know, for a future DLC, could put another one out there, like a different path. But you get upgrade points every time you level up. So you can choose pretty much what you want to do. So you get to choose one of the other path. Like one is you get the Word of Dawn, so you can make the bubble. The other one is you get to throw two shields out at a time, which is pretty cool. So, I mean, you got the Sentinel for that, the Arc Strider, which is really fun for the Hunter. The Hunter is the first character I went with. And you literally just, it gets rid of the Arc Blade. It's Arc Blade on crack. You're literally zipping around with your big bow staff, slaying everything. It's fantastic. And then the Warlock gets the Dawn Blade, I believe it is, where you're flying through the air, throwing swords. It's hmm. pretty crazy. But, I mean, they, it's you. your characters have a little bit more uniqueness with that, where you're like, oh, I'm going to run it this way where I'm going to have so-and-so perk compared to someone else who's like, you know, how they play their play style. I want to do this because that's how I play. Wasn't that something that was prevalent in the first Destiny as well? Like, you unlocked certain... You can and kind of... is a different balancing to it. This one, they get, get rid of the intellect, discipline, and strength kind of thing. It's mm-hmm. more the actual subclasses don't have anything to do with that. It's all about... I mean, they, some things might help you with, like, your mobility. It's mobility, resistance, and, I think, recovery. So the armor is a little bit different, too, with that. Which they actually have armor mods now. Armor mods and gun mods, which you can change out. So say you get a piece of gear, and you're like, it's really cool. Like, oh, this one helped me a lot, but it's got, like, I run a void class, and it's all about solar. You can look at your mods, like, oh, I actually have a mod to change it to void to help me help my character a little bit more. And glimmer is not an issue anymore, ever. <laughs> Literally, at like the max is like ninety nine thousand nine hundred ninety nine. I've hit that max like every day, just playing for a little bit, just because there's not a lot to spend on yet, and it's more, hey, I can do all these upgrades, I can do this, I can waste all this glimmer. Not like the last game where it's like, crap, I need to go glimmer farm for three hours so I can afford something. Yeah, I remember glimmer was not a problem for me until like the new DLC came out. In between DLCs, I would just accrue as much glimmer as possible without even trying. Yeah, because I had like the twenty five thousand limit, which is stupid. But. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it definitely sounds fun. If if I had the time, I would definitely be on there playing with you guys. But I, between starting this venture with the podcast and obviously with my home life and my nine to five. Uh, I have no time and I can't, unfortunately I can't stay up late anymore. I, I pretty, the nights we record are pretty much the only nights I'm able to stay up late. You're old anyways. And even, even then I, <laughs> I, I would prefer not to, <laughs> I prefer to record the day before I edit. Um, but obviously situations have changed and yeah. we have to be fluid with these sort of things. And I appreciate, uh, Alex was on last week. Scotty's on this week. I don't even know who's going to be on next week. I have to send out the group chat to, uh, the people and see what's going on. Um, Unless there's some big breaking news, I don't even know what I'm going to do for my topic next week. I've got a few things. Um, maybe I'll do that DC animated movie thing. I'll just binge watch a couple of those tomorrow on my day off. But I appreciate you being on here. Uh, Destiny 2 sounds like a lot of fun. How would you rate it on a 1 to 10 scale? Let's say 1 being awful 10. Well, no, because fuck Game Informer. Fuck Game Informer and their stupid 1 to 10. 1 to 5. That That's the scale. 1 to 5. Can I do halves? Sure. We'll do 4 and a half. Four and a half? Just because it's I don't not wanna, quite perfect. Not quite perfect. There's the story's great. It's a lot better, but I mean, it's not anything groundbreaking or anything like that. It's just a fun story. So I mean, I mean, gameplay wise, it's a hell of a lot better. But I mean, I'm, I'm gonna say four and a half for me, anyways. Just I enjoying it way more than I think I should. 
And it's like I, I'm going home and dreaming about like, man, I really want to play more Destiny. Man, I want to play more Destiny. And it's, I, I was lucky enough to be able to take this vacation in order to play it because I mean, I'm not not sure how much I'm going to play it after. You know, I'm going to try and play as much as possible. But I mean, there's other games coming out this year that I don't even care. I, it's all about Destiny now. Yeah, this this year's gaming release doesn't seem to be too intense. There's obviously the Call of Duty release. Um, you have is there's not a new Battlefield this year. Not this year. No, they're doing Battlefront two. Which I actually kind of want to play. Oh, that's right. That's right. Battlefront 2. Because it has a story. Yeah. That, that, I might red box that because I, I definitely want to at least try the story. Yeah. Because it's, it's considered canon, which. Really? Yeah. It's, it takes place that. immediately after uh, the Battle of Endor. And it's all about how either the Empire covers up the death of the Emperor or it's about how they. Yeah. It, it's about how they cover up the death of the Emperor, I think. And they're, it's about this new empirical squadron that's going after luke and leia and the rebels for killing the emperor or at least spreading propaganda that the emperor had died uh, i don't remember the exact details but it's it's supposed to be a it's in canon i, I don't know i'm looking forward to that i kind of want to play that call of duty meh don't care world war Two, eh, whatever i mean battle battlefield, battlefield brought battlefield back. One was that was world war one that was the first game to do world war one and that battlefield one is fun I didn't really play too much of the story. I played quite a bit of the multiplayer, just because I, I pre-ordered South Park and that got delayed a thousand times. Which I'm the looking fractured but whole. The fractured but whole. That comes out soon too. Is October second, I think. Is it? I I could have swore it'd been delayed again to like. It might have been. I don't know. It might be December. It might be three years from now. Who knows? Uh, Assassin's Creed. I kind of want to play. It looks interesting. I don't care too much for the RPG elements. It appears that they're adding to it. Uh, my Assassin's Creeds need to be more. Just, I need to go buy my gear, and then I'm good to go. Uh, you know, buy more of my throwing knives, I'm good to go. This looks a little more RPG-intensive, and as much as I love RPGs, I don't need that for my Assassin's Creed's. The one reason I'm really excited for it is the same people who worked on a story for Black Flag, which is my favorite Assassin's Creed. So I really want to give this one a chance, because I, 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 like I like ancient Egypt. I like the lore behind that. I like the mythology of all that. So that kind of interests me. Other than that, there's like nothing major really this is really down here i know red dead got pushed back till next year kind of an offshoot game i'm looking for in january is digimon cyber story cyber sleuth 2 which the first one i spent 100 hours on me and my buddy seth we played that game back to back 100 hours got all the digimon it was fun nostalgic turn-based rpg super jrpg it's fun though i mean if you like the turn-based style it's really fun if you like digimon it's fun was that on ps4 or was yeah, that it's, i think it's ps4 only <clears throat> okay that's um that's cool my, my wife might actually like that one i don't know if she ever will have, have time to check it out yeah. but it's i mean you can get the first one i think playstation had it on special for like seven bucks one day i was super tempted because they have like a new game plus and i was like i already have everything but it's a really good story hmm. really it's just a fun game i mean it was something i didn't expect to really enjoy but i got hooked on it it looks fantastic i mean there's nothing I can't, I can't really honestly think about anything else coming out this year that looks that good. This year, no. I think the only thing I'm really looking forward to even next year is the Spider-Man PS4 game. Yeah, it looks cool. Which no. I know a lot of people are dogging on for being uh, Spider-Man Arkham Knight or Arkham... Who cares? Yeah, who cares? If it's fun and it's good mechanics... If it's a you, fun Spider-Man game, who cares? The, the most important thing is if when you're in the free roam, when you web swing, if it's fun... That's the most important thing, because no game... I don't even know how Activision didn't pull off Spider-Man 3. Like, leave the swinging mechanic the same from Spider-Man 2, and just throw in a story. Like, the mechanic was awesome in Spider-Man 2. I forget exactly what it was called. I think it was like yeah, Spider-Man Spider 2, 2, the movie video game. Everyone knows what I'm talking about. 
it just they they nailed it. it it was all about momentum like you hit l2 when you're at the bottom of your swing it gives you a little extra momentum when you let go of the swing you can do air tricks like i wasted hours just swinging through that city and saying fuck you balloon kid because i wasn't <laughs> going to save that balloon anymore he needs to learn how to hold on to that thing i don't know how they just didn't return to that it makes no sense. They upgraded the graphics. It is Activision, though. I mean, they aren't the best at decision. They make Bungie. They help produce Bungie. Or Bungie. Well, Destiny. They, they're, they're, they're partnered with partnered Bungie. Bungie. And Which I'm sure they... They, they, they prob- had an interesting thing, too. I don't know if you saw that, where if Bungie didn't hit the release uh, time frame, they got, like, a big stock of their company or something like that. Some really weird thing. I was reading about it. It doesn't surprise me that Activision would put something in their contract like that. Yeah. So, I mean... Activision, they're great, right? <laughs> Activision, I was just talking with Alex about this earlier in the week. Uh, Activision was actually supposed to be the original publisher of the third-person shooter Ghostbuster game that came out in the mid-2000s. I think it was like 2008, 2009, somewhere in there. And they dropped it. They were like, we're not publishing this because Harold Ramis, Dan Aykroyd, and uh, the the actual team that was creating the game said this is a one-off this is ghostbusters 3 we're getting everyone that we can back for this and this is this is it we can't we're not gonna do anymore and activision dropped it because they couldn't make a franchise out of it this is back when they were trying to destroy the music genre by putting out three guitar heroes every year and all that crap that they were doing uh, but thank God for Atari for publishing that Ghostbusters game. That is one of my favorite games of all time. I think I've ever played that one. It's fun. If you have a way to play it, I don't think it's available on the PlayStation Store for PS4. But if you ha- if you still have a PS3 or something, try and find it and play it. It's fun. They have a, a damage meter, which basically t- tallies up the dollar value of the damage you cause. <laughs> Jesus. There's an achievement if you can do under, I think, $1,000 of damage. And there's an achievement if you go over a hundred thousand dollars in damage. Nice. I'd probably be closer to a hundred thousand. Oh yeah, I hit that in like the third mission. I because I didn't, I wasn't aware that they were keeping a tab on that. And then once I got that achievement, I was just like, what? And so I went and looked through my stats, and they're like, yeah, you did a hundred and six thousand dollars worth of damage. I was just like, oh, I was just trying out my my proton blaster because it's fun. Oh. But I, they got, they even got Bill Murray back for the game. Did they really? Yeah, That's the fantastic. only people they didn't get back for that game was Sigourney Weaver, who thought the game was going to be a flop. And so she, they got, um, I think, Alyssa Milano to come in for the role. And then they also didn't get Rick Moranis to come back. But that's because he's just like, I have enough money. I don't need to come back for this, which I give him respect for. You know, he, he's just like, I don't need to do it. I don't. I know he did uh, like a voice role for some animated movie that was terrible. He did Brother. He was one of the moose in Brother yeah. Bear. Was Brother Bear um, terrible? I don't know. I never it was that one. fine. Joaquin Phoenix played an Eskimo, an Inuit. I, I'm sorry, um, and that got turned into a bear, and he all of a sudden could understand bears. And then his tribe tried to hunt him because they thought that he had killed himself, but in fact he killed the little bear's mother. And so Mother Nature, I think, if I remember correctly, turned him into a bear to kind of help him learn a lesson, because he was just a bullheaded little warrior that wanted to go prove himself. Oh, fun. It's it's fine. It's not Disney's best. But it's probably better than Frozen. <laughs> I hate Frozen. Fro- Frozen gets a bad rap. It's fine. It's not it's, I just it, I think I hate it just because it's so overrated. It gets overrated because of let it go. Just let it go. <laughs> You're the one that brought it up. 
that's a fair point. <laughs> it's fine. It, I, I personally think Tangled is better. Um, this is a really long tangent at the end of this podcast. We've been done with our main topic for a while. Now, were we talking about games coming out? Yeah, we were talking about games coming out. All of a sudden, it transitioned into Disney. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Everything revolves around Disney. It doesn't matter. They're everywhere. <laughs> they just can't make good video games. I'm, I'm excited. Go, speaking of video games, though, I want to see more of the Square Enix Avengers game coming out. I know, yeah. They just kind of give us a little that. tease. And it's, yeah. It's like, ooh. I mean, if it, my hope anyways, it's like a multiplayer game where you can get your friends. Because, I mean, there was supposed to be that when Avengers first came out. They had that. That first person beat them up. Yeah, when they had like the it's like four-player game or whatever. Mm-hmm. That would have been fine. We would have had a blast playing yeah, that. Yeah, you were playing but, the, you're fighting the scrolls and stuff. Yeah. So I'm, I'm really hoping maybe they'll put that into something. But, I mean, it's Square Enix. And at this point, I doubt it, it, but. it. It's Square Enix. They take forever on their games. Look at Kingdom Hearts 3. It's only been. I've been waiting 10 years of my damn yeah. life to play that fucking game. You know, I bought a PS3 thinking, no, Kingdom Hearts 3 is coming out. Nope, I'm probably going to buy a PS5 by this time. This is ridiculous. It'll be multi-platform with a PS5. Oh, God. But yeah, I'll be stupid and buy the collector's edition because I have to. <laughs> I know they've confirmed a bunch of different things. I, I think they have confirmed that a Star Wars and a Marvel world will be in Kingdom Hearts 3. I think and that's that could why be they, why it's I think delayed. they delayed it because of that. Because, I mean, I know, well, I think the guy that works on the Final Fantasy is doing this, or... With, who did Kingdom Hearts helped with Final Fantasy 15 or something like that? I don't exactly. Remember. I think he helped with Final Fantasy 15. I know he said he was like still doing a lot. And they had keep. I, I honestly think it's Disney. Like, look, this is popular. You need to add this. You need to add this. You need to add this. Yeah, I don't. I don't think it's necessary, especially especially Star Wars because yes, Disney owns them, but they're not synonymous with Disney. Star Wars is its own thing. Star Wars has been its own thing for almost 40 years. Yeah, I, I think it's completely unnecessary to add all that. I mean, keep it with the Disney movies. That's fine. Do that. I mean, Big Hero 6, that'd be a cool level, I think. I mean, it's I don't really think it's necessary, but it'll be fun. But I mean, I think Marvel and DC and stuff just... They're DC, Jesus. Star Wars. <laughs> Marvel and Star Wars. Oh. Marvel and DC is a different show. It is. But yeah, I just keep those out. I mean, I'm. I just want to play the game. I, Ten years waiting is ridiculous. I don't know. I mean, I. I feel like they. He. The guy had an ending and had something he wanted to do for a long time. But he's just like, nah. Yeah, I'm make all these offshoot games. Yeah, yeah. I. I actually never played Kingdom Hearts two. So I. I really. I, yeah. I just. Oh, I like two more than one. Oh, so much better. I, I I don't know why. I think the the prospect of having to deal with another gummy ship turned me off from Kingdom Hearts two, and I know there's no gummy ship in two, but oh, I the gummy ship was stupid. I never even messed with that. I was like, yeah, okay. neither did I. I I just avoided all the blocks and everything. I don't even know what the point of it was. And then I bought the Kingdom Hearts one point five release for PS three, and I had completely forgotten about the gummy ship. And then I had to fly that goddamn thing, <laughs> and I was just like, this is why I hate this fucking game. I love it, but I hate it. Oh, some of those bosses were intense. I got stuck on that invisible chameleon from the Tarzan level forever. <clears throat> yeah. God. That was a good game, though. It, two, I like two a lot more. There was just something about the two that was just so interesting to me. They're interesting games, though. I mean, half the time I don't know what the hell's going on. It's like, oh, yeah, this guy's from some Final Fantasy game I've never played. Mm-hmm. And I, I love David Boreanaz's, uh, oh, God, what's Final Fantasy VIII's guy? Yeah, Leon? No? Yeah. Le- is the guy with the gun? Leonhard or something like that. Um, they call him Leon, though. I forget his first name. But I think that's because you can customize the first name of the character because everyone just calls him whatever. This was before they had voice acting in Final Fantasy games. Uh, it's going to drive me crazy now that I can't remember. Whatever. Um, that's one thing we can talk about. I know we're trying to wrap up the show, but did uh, he posted a picture of him 
with uh, saying, hey, let's tell these hurricanes to fuck off in his Deadpool costume. And you can notice that there's some duct tape holding his costume together. Yeah, I did see that. So mm-hmm. that's that's interesting. We got Now we got a, questions of what happened to Deadpool's costume there that he needs duct tape for. I mean, it could just be like something in between takes where they're trying to fix something or it ripped or whatever, but... I don't think so. I think it's... I, I, think I can it's, see it being something with duct tape. I don't know. I'm I'm excited for it. He's hilarious. I mean, when he starts talking about his kid, it's it's really funny. Yeah. Yeah, I, I love Ryan Reynolds. Um, we saw the Hitman's Bodyguard not too long ago. That was... Just, it was fun. It's stupid fun. It, it's it's getting a bad rap from critics just because they're expecting something different. It uh, literally was what exactly what I wanted it to be. Just yeah, fun. It's, just, it was like Snakes on a Plane, just not as B-movie-ish. Yeah, it was just them killing people and dropping motherfuckers all the time. It was a good time. I mean, <laughs> what did you expect out of it? Did you think, oh, it was a dramatic performance by Samuel L. Jackson? Well, it, what's, what's funny to me about the Hitman's Bodyguard is they pretty much based a lot of their marketing campaign on ripping off the bodyguard which was critically panned people hated that movie uh, or at least critics hated that movie you should know what you're getting into right there and then most critics just say if you've seen a 90s action movie you've seen this movie no you haven't no. it's fun no. it's silly Selma Hayek steals the show oh she's hilarious. she's she's amazing I don't think movie. I can name a 90s action movie that did the shit they did like, honestly, I mean, like, like language-wise, I mean, I'm not saying, like, you know, whatever, but I'm not saying, like, the 90s movies I watched anyways were I'm never, like, saying some of the shit they were saying. Some Hayek, dear God. <laughs> she really surprised me in that movie. I, I loved her character in that movie. Uh, it, it's just, it's amazing. She just, like, goes full Latina, hot-blooded, you know, you don't fuck with me, you motherfucker. <laughs> and one girl in the corner. The, the girl hiding in the corner is great. <laughs> can I move now? Okay, you can move for five minutes. Oh, thank God. <laughs> it, yeah, it's it's great. Just stupid fun. It, I mean, yeah, it's it's just a fun turn-your-mind-off movie. You're, it's not going to win an Oscar. It's not trying to win an Oscar. It's just trying to get Deadpool and Nick Fury together to say motherfucker and a handful of other slurs. Disney just needs to let him say it once. Just once. Just... I'm back, motherfucker. Oh, God, he's, he's not a scroll. <laughs> Which, I don't know if you saw that, too. Something about him possibly being in the Avengers 4. I could see that. I think they're keeping it under wraps. I think it's... They need to. I think it's... He's going to show up or talk, talking about... I don't know if... Has Captain Marvel been confirmed to be in 4? I assume so. I think... I feel like Captain Marvel has to be some kind of tie-in to avengers 4 where she's going to be the the difference maker yeah she's going to show up and she's going to be the sixth man or whatever analogy you want to make thanos won't have an answer for her and he's going to be able to do something the only thing i really want out of avengers 4 is i want chris evans captain america to lift mjolnir i thought it was going to happen in avengers 2 it didn't i want it to happen before chris evans hands the shield off to someone else i agree that'd be nice that'd be nice little like oh moment you yeah, know it, like, oh good it's, lord it's something that needs to happen because cap is worthy uh we get a little tease of it in age of ultron and again i i, I was certain that he was going to be the guy that just like hits that final nail on ultron before whatever the final battle ended up being which again the final end the final battle ended up just being super disappointing because it just became avengers one but with robots instead of aliens yeah i think that's a little bit of the joss whedon effect well, I think that that was more Marvel and Disney kind of stepping in because I think Joss wanted to go a different route, but they were like, we need to set all this stuff up. And so we just need to do what worked the first time and do it again. And I think that was kind of where Joss 
just kind of lost interest in doing it. And that's why he left and now he's working with DC. But I think DC just offered him a little bit more freedom to do what he wanted to do, which is why I think he took Batgirl instead of, you know, a big thing like Batman. Yeah, I I don't know. I, again, this is a whole nother podcast worthy of just talking about MCU and the DCU, whatever it is. Maybe that can be next week's episode. It, it could be. I mean, I, I like Joss Whedon. I like a lot of his work. Avengers Age of Ultron was just meh. It was all right. It was. It I wasn't, mean, I, it wasn't, it wasn't bad. bad. It no, was disappointing, but, but I mean... I just it, expected so much more of Ultron, just, you know, knowing a lot about Ultron and just growing up seeing he's this huge threat. You know, you don't want to mess with Ultron. Mm-hmm. Every time he shows up in the Marvel comics, like, shit's going down. Like, Tony freaks out when Ultron shows up because he's like, I don't know how we're going to beat him this time. Yeah. Ultron just was nothing. Like, James Spader gave a really weird performance... Uh, they gave him the Optimus Prime moving mouth, which I was not a fan of. No, I, I honestly wanted him. He was. I see they're trying to mimic because you know, oh, Tony Stark created him in this version, and he's you know taking the characteristics of his father. You know, I I just don't really like that. I really wish they would have been the stone, you know, the cold robot who just wants to kill humanity because he thinks that's right. That's yeah. It, it's and his it, warped interpretation of his programming. That's what I wanted from it. I mean, okay, yeah, it's cool. Like, we can do a bunch of one-liners with him with that. But at that point, it's just like, th- that's what really, you know, makes it for me anyways. Know that it's just its own thing. Yeah, the comics, they're one thing. But it's like, I, I know it's a movie. You know, you know, put two and two together. Look, it's just a movie universe. It's different. But it really kind of solidifies it's like just how it's it's made more for kids. You can tell. I mean, it's not what it is. That's why a lot of people with DC are like, oh, it's all dark and gritty and you know it's what adults want it's like yeah but who are they really trying to market well they want they want to sell toys are they gonna try and take their kid to an r-rated batman movie where he's you know breaking people's face ends no i mean they they that's the end goal for them is they want to make money so they want to they're gonna make money off toys they're yep. gonna make money off of everything else so i mean and i see why disney does it but i mean james gunn's snuck in some pretty <laughs> Pretty dirty stuff in his movies. When we do the Marvel movie ranking after Black Panther, which I already have that laid out, um, I, I just don't know where Thor and Black Panther are going to fall on that list. I'm pretty sure they're both going to end up being in my top 10. Um, Guardians 2 is way down there for me. I, I was not impressed, and I, I'll get into that more later, which is what we call a tease. <gasps> Ooh, <you> tease. <laughs> Intriguing. Uh, but yeah, Guardians 2 is not very high on that list for me. It was fun, but it... it it was almost as disappointing as Batman v Superman for me. Really? I see. I enjoyed it a lot. I thought it was fun. It was just a fun movie. It's it's not like my highest rated Marvel movie ever, but I just I enjoyed it. I thought it was more entertaining than Batman v Superman was. I mean, it was it was definitely a lot more joking. But I yeah. mean, I kind of figured. I mean, that's and that's part of my problem. I, I I don't mind jokes and I don't mind humor in my superhero movies. I'm a bigger Marvel fan of the movies right now than I am of the DC movies. Guardians 2 went a little too family guy for me where they just let the jokes run too long. The the taser face it's metaphorical joke just went too long. I think the, that's more of a James Gunn thing because he hated taser face and he said he would never do it and then he decided to do it and he's just like I'm just going to make fun of him. It's like okay, I get it. That's James Gunn's humor. I like James Gunn a lot. But I, I'm pretty sure that ended up being like a 3 to 5 minute scene and it yeah. didn't need to be that long. And then there was also the the moment where I think her name was Aisha, yeah. the the like leader of the the gold the people, yeah, the, of the sovereign, um where she's on the Hookerbot planet and 
they're rolling out the gold carpet or the red carpet for her and it gets snagged and and like that scene takes like two or three minutes also and it just it goes too long and then again the oh the carpet snagged that's hilarious because she's so pompous and now she has to wait that doesn't need to happen i mean i get it you could do other things to get that across and be humorous I mean, the Yandu Mary Poppins thing was pretty funny. I mean, was, I, I hate that joke. I, I liked it. I thought it was funny. He's like, I'm oh, Mary Poppins. I mean, I think it was a little bit overblown. The internet just went crazy with that, and yeah. I think that's why I don't like it. But I also am not a fan of um, the actor that plays Yandu. You like Michael Ruger? I, don't, I just don't like him. I think it's partly because my first exposure to him was as the asshole dad from Mallrats. And hmm. so I just, I just have a, a dislike of him. I honestly, I've probably seen a lot of things with Michael Rooker. The thing, first, the only thing I really remember is like the first season of Walking Dead because that's like all I watched of that show. Where he basically just played a racist and called everyone boy. Yeah. So he pretty much does essentially he calls yeah, everyone he, boy in Guardians. He's so. he's very much a character actor. He's just Michael Rooker. Is I don't know if you've ever do. seen. Have you ever seen like the Jimmy Kimmel stuff with like the Guardians people on there? No. My Michael Rooker's hilarious. Like he, he's a funny dude, and I mean him him talking to. Uh, kurt russell that was it's kurt russell right yeah okay yeah that, that was really funny like they they were doing like a guess who did this thing him dave bautista and kurt russell were in the back and then uh chris pratt and zoe saldana were in the front and they were talking about something about someone lost their virginity in like a car or something and like he kept getting wrong or whatever he's like he just started cracking up like oh, i thought that was you and it was just like it was really funny like he's a genuinely funny guy but Guardians 2 was I liked it. I enjoyed it. It's it's not bad, but again, as far as the Marvel movie quality goes, it's it's down on the list for me. It's I think by the time Black Panther comes out, there'll have been 18 Marvel movies. It's probably in the teens for me. No, it's better than Thor Dark World and Iron Man 2 and 3 for me anyways. I again, th- we'll this will we'll, be, we'll this will be a discussion time, with the the Marvel movie we'll ranking. Another tease. Um, mm-hmm. which again, this is another long tangent before the end it of the show. So yeah, again, we're going to reiterate where you can find us. Uh, you can follow the show at Talking Smack Pod on G on Gmail on Twitter. I just got to really get used like to Gmail. this. I love Gmail. I just got to get used to this. Uh, so yeah, Talking Smack Pod on Twitter. Smack again is spelled S M A C. I just I feel like I have to keep reiterating that. You can also email us at tsmackpod at gmail.com. You can find me on Twitter at Josh under. I forget what I am. I think I'm Joshua underscore. Let me find out really quick. I'm not going to edit this one out. This is going to be uh, just me owning up to not knowing what I do here. I'm Josh, Josh underscore Scar. Yeah. Scar is spelled S-K-A-A-R. Um, not yeah. like the Lion King villain. Pronounced like the Lion King villain. But is it more like the son of Hulk? Scar? Yes, exactly. Uh, yes. So, uh, yeah, at Josh underscore Scar. And, Scotty, please tell us again where they can find you. Uh, it's at Scotty Don't Know. S-C-O-T-T-I-D-O-N-T-K-N-O-W. Got it that time. All right. Well, again, everyone, thanks for your time. Thanks for listening to us. Please send us some feedback. Please send us some questions. Uh, I've got a couple of different topics that are up for grabs next week. Um, since as of right now, there's not a lot of news, so I have to find one of my filler options. Uh, but again, thanks for taking the time to listen to us. Thanks for taking the time to like, follow, subscribe. You can also find us on YouTube. Uh, we're uh, just talking smack SMAC. You can find us that way. The big red and yellow banner. Again, can't miss us. So thanks for taking the time. Scotty, thanks for being on the show. Yeah, no problem. Anytime. And we will have you back definitely. And uh, to quote Alex from last week, play the theme music. <laughs>